Welcome to Real Old Reels this December. Christmas movie season is upon us, and for you movie fans, we're giving the gift of a two-for-one deal this month. That sounds like we're selling something, but we're looking at two movies for each podcast this month, a classic Christmas film and another that stars one of the cast members from the classic film, and it's just, it's a great deal. Yeah, it's a steal of a deal. So... We'll first talk about the classic Christmas film, White Christmas, and then we'll highlight another Danny Kaye movie that's a little less known called Inspector General. Also a musical and a little bit of a romance, but Inspector General highlights Kaye's comedic side a little bit more since he's the main character. White Christmas, of course, is one of those movies that gets watched every year traditionally, Although not so in our house growing up, and although we did see it a few times, and still not so now. I hate to alienate any devoted White Christmas fans out there, but it's just not one of my absolute favorites. Granted, I love some of the songs. Irving Berlin really hit it right on Rudolph's nose for sure for that. And also, it's just a beautiful film. It's very brightly colored. Yeah, nice one, <laughs> Rudolph's nose. Um, it's not one that we watch every year either, but um, but we enjoy it every now and, and again. It's kind of refreshing to have a Christmas movie that isn't like completely centered around the validity of Santa Claus. Yeah. And you're right. A few of the songs really get stuck in your head, especially White Christmas, of course. Yes. But also that sister's number. Sisters, sisters. There were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. That will be stuck in my head for days. And anytime anybody mentions it, it's stuck in my head for days. I've had the same problem with that song. (laughs) At the end of the day, it's got lots of really good points to it but we who we really want to highlight today is Danny Kay the dancer and comedic role in White Christmas he stars in one of our favorites perfect for any season the Inspector General yeah Inspector General really is a pretty underrated movie and it's a perfect one to watch if you want to see all of Danny Kay's entertaining qualities on full display In White Christmas, he's more of like a goofy sidekick, so you don't really get to see him in all his glory, I guess. (laughs) But in Inspector General, he is the main part of the show, and he's so funny and effective. But before we talk about Inspector General too much, let's go over White Christmas. White Christmas. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you almost definitely know the song by the same name. It has been covered so many times in a way it can sort of blend into the background however it was kind of a ground it was groundbreaking for christmas music wasn't it yeah being crosby originally sung white christmas in the 1942 film holiday inn starring both him and fred astaire um so that was almost that was around 10 years before white christmas was produced um irving berlin who wrote the song wanted to produce a movie with a storyline based around this well-known song and presented the idea to Paramount and they were on board from the get-go. It was supposed to be like a reunion of sorts for Crosby and Astaire just from the Holiday Inn, but then they had another movie as well together. But Fred Astaire backed out of the project when he read the script 
And then it got passed over by another actor who fell ill and landed kind of in Danny Kaye's lap. But it's really hard to imagine the the Phil character played by Danny Kaye, played by anybody else. Yeah, he totally fits. I think it it is funny that Irving Berlin believed in the song so much that he got Bing Crosby to sing it in not in one Christmas classic, but two. I have yet to see Holiday Inn, though, the first to have the song. We'll have to add that to the watch pile. But White Christmas is strangely better known for the song. But the story how Irving Berlin came up with the song is kind of interesting. He kind of wrote it in a rush and told his secretary, I've just written the best song ever, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. But he knew it was going to be a hit. But when it was put out in Holiday Inn, the first film that it appeared in, it was overshadowed by some of the other songs. And it was played not long after Pearl Harbor, and which was the beginning of World War II, of course. Though it had kind of a lukewarm reception, as the war progressed, it became more of a popular song that people just identified with so strongly because of the nostalgia. And it was mm-hmm. also from a, you know, for more of a marketing perspective, it was proof that secular Christmas songs could be successful because up until then, it was some of the classic hymnal type Christmas songs that were popular. And so White Christmas kind of opened up a different set of Christmas songs that we hear all the time today. Yeah, interesting. And and I really like this story because it really, if you if you think about it, and listen to White Christmas, especially when Bing Crosby sings it, and think about the time in history when it was sung, it really does make you choke up a little bit. And Bing Crosby said the hardest thing he have ever had to do in his career was he when he was on a USO tour with Bob Hope and the Andrews Sisters. And he was in northern France, and he sang White Christmas to 100,000 GIs who were all in tears as he was singing this song about Christmas at home, Christmases of yesteryear, and he was trying to keep it together the whole time. And then only a few days later, many of those men he sang to died in the Battle of the Bulge. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow So, man, this song is, I think it's just really special. Yeah, it is really special. And I'm sure it was one that... um that was helped, I guess, by the, the USO performances it was probably why it was more widely received when White Christmas came out versus Holiday Inn. And, and White Christmas, the movie, was almost immediately a box office hit. It was the highest grossing film of the time and the highest grossing musical of that year as well. And adjusted for inflation, etc., it remains in the top 100 popular movies of all time at the box office. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was just really well done. It had a well-known cast and an already popular song 
that was made more popular because of all of the USO shows and a well-known songwriter. And it was also produced on Vista Vision, which is was like the top of the line um, as far as filming methods go back then. Like the colors are really sharp and the camera movements weren't blurry. So it makes sense why people loved it then and continue to love it today because it was just a really good quality production. You can tell that they really capitalized on it because some of the sites are just so brightly colored. They've got like bright yellow sets. They've got bright red sets. It's just they go nuts with the colors. Yeah, yeah. As I was researching this movie, I did find out a little interesting information about Rosemary Clooney, who plays uh, Bing Crosby's love interest in the in the movie. She's really well known for many popular songs. And some of the most notable were Mambo Italiano, Come On to My House and Sway. I had no idea that she sang those songs and was like well known for those songs. But I, I know I think I've heard other people sing them as, you know, after her, you know, just reference them other times. But I didn't know she sang them. Yeah. Yeah. And then after some of those songs had come out, she hit a bit of a rough patch for over a decade due to like drug addiction and depression. Oh, sad. But yeah, but being Crosby asked her to join him on this movie and that revived her popularity. And she continued recording until her death in 2002. So this movie really affected her life too. Yeah. And it does kind of feel like this storyline would really resonate with someone like that who had these struggles. And maybe she felt that she had peaked and wasn't relevant anymore, similar to the general in the movie. And also a side note, she's George Clooney's aunt. Kind of wondered about that. And this movie, White Christmas, is like a warm hug. And he, it gives you holiday feels for, you know, just feeling like you've missed your chance or you're past your prime or you're missing out. That's the kind of movie I think it is. And that's why it's such a good Christmas movie. Yeah, some hope. The reason why I'm not as big of a fan of White Christmas as other Christmas movies is, well, first of all, it's a show about show business. And usually those in general, just they they already start kind of low for me on the like they, they have a low rating from me and they really have to work at it to win me over, which is not their fault. It's a me thing. <laughs> but <laughs> also it's this movie that's supposed to be about Christmas and there's like no families in it. Everybody <laughs> is single and away from their families in this movie. Yeah. So I, not that that is a horrible thing. It just, I find it kind of funny that, you know. And the main song is about being home for Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I do enjoy it. It's still a good movie. <laughs> Why don't we talk a little bit about inspector general since uh we already know that you really like that movie yes i do okay i'm going to tell you all what what it's about a sweet and unassuming gypsy swindler georgie finds himself without a job when he flubs his part in a traveling medicine con by chance he happens upon a village that has been put on alert for napoleon's officials visiting for harsh and penetrating investigations into local governments Rumor has it the inspector general is beheading left and right when he finds even the slightest hint of corruption. He may even arrive in disguise to catch the mayor unawares. Georgie on any other day would be considered a simple wastrel and sent packing, but today he is mistaken for the inspector general. 
Georgie is willing to go along with it long enough to be fed and escape. But soon he realizes there are those he could actually help under his mistaken identity. Songs, slapstick, and silliness abound. Emphasis on silliness <laughs> in this one. And Danny Kay shows his comedic range, which is, like you said, far greater than what you'll see in White Christmas. He is funny <laughs> in that one, but this one, it's like, it's, it's scene after scene after scene of him being goofy. <laughs> And Danny Kay, let's talk about him because he's just a fascinating person. He's what you call at least a triple threat. He can act, he can sing, he can dance, but he has impeccable physical <clears throat> comedy skills. Definitely a quadruple threat, really, at the very least. Or you might even say more because when I, once I'm done with him talking about <laughs> him. I read so much about him in preparation to talk about his career here. And he's just a really interesting guy. People like to list his accomplishments or skills like comedian, singer, dancer, conductor, philanthropist, accomplished chef, actually like recognized accomplished chef, pilot, spokesman for UNICEF, USO performer, TV show host. He co-founded the Mariners baseball team. He was interested in the medical sciences and I, I think he had some talent in regards to those as well, but he w didn't like perform surgery on anyone and <laughs> Nobel peace prize winner. You really could go on talking about all the things he was quite good at, but yeah, I'm like yeah. waiting for you to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but no, but I'm just saying that's a really long list of things that he's done. That's really awesome. Yeah. But more than once in interviews, it's interesting. He denounce all of those titles like one interview i listened to he was just like wrong 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 and he preferred <laughs> to be called an entertainer because he didn't really believe he was terribly skilled at any of the those things but rather it was undisputed he was an incredibly gifted mimic in fact when it came to dancing he wasn't formally trained at all but he would observe dancers and those working with him would say that somehow he looks more like a ballet dancer than a ballet dancer. <laughs> <laughs> he really was remarkable, just basically a genius when it came to observing and then replicating what he saw. People often say in interviews that he spoke 11 languages, but that was not exactly true, as in it was completely false. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He could imitate <laughs> intonation and say some convincing phrases, but as soon as people started talking back to him, he was lost. <laughs> <laughs> his ear was so good that his wife, who was his artistic partner as well, that when she complained that he didn't have any German accents up his sleeve for something that they were doing together, he spent a day or two with some German immigrants and came back with a handful of different dialects. Speaking of his wife, Sylvia was her name. She was incredibly gifted in her own right. And he said himself, though sometimes he would say it a little begrudgingly, depending on where they were in their marriage, that she made him who he was. She hadn't, she was behind the scenes composing and everything, but he was really Danny Kay because of her talents as well. She had an array of talent that complimented Danny. She was extremely witty, and as he remarked, if you gave her a subject, she could create a rhyme on the spot for it. Sylvia is responsible for the lightning-fast lyrics that Danny is famous for. 
For measles, have you had a diagnosis of cirrhosis by osmosis with a mononucleosis plus sclerosis plus stenosis plus paracnosis of psychosis? Have you ever been short of breath? Well, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up. No matter how bad your condition, I have news that will tickle your ears. <laughs> he used to get asked about his ability to talk so fast, and he was quick to deflect he'd say that he'd open his mouth and words just pour out of him but (laughs) but also it was something a comedic tack that had existed for years and he didn't invent it that's a real talent though like both of them are real talent yeah but um in fact uh sylvia his wife wrote some of the songs in inspector general like inspector general and happy times which they were considering using happy times for the the um title of the movie for a little bit and one thing I found interesting about them as a couple is that they were from the same place originally, but never met until they worked in show business together. And Danny Kay even worked for her father for a little bit, who was a dentist. Yeah. And he was fired for using the dental tools for woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's such a funny story because I think he was like a 14 year old and he was just curious and he's like, oh, I'm going to see what happens when I uses on the molding <laughs> in the office. Yeah. And yeah, I wonder how meeting the parents when he actually, was interested. I read about that. I read oh, about you did? it. Yeah. And apparently <laughs> she brought him home and her dad's like, uh, isn't this the guy that I fired? <laughs> and um, <laughs> and apparently she's like, yes, and I loved him even back then. <laughs> and which Danny was felt very warmly about later he'd say i just i could have hugged her when she said (laughs) stood up for him anyway yeah but his conducting though did you know that he conducted orchestras yeah i had no idea but i can definitely visualize him being a very dramatic conductor yes i saw him on youtube conducting flight of the bumblebee with a fly swatter it was very oh wow very fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he does a good job. Obviously, it's a comedy routine, but they were, yeah, they were an act all on their own. He had no musical training, couldn't read music, yet people love to watch him conduct and orchestras like to play for him. They liked and they enjoyed him as a guest conductor. And, you know, he was an absolute superstar, just hounded all the time, just as you would imagine any major stars today are hounded. Yet, though I know a couple of his movies, I'm sort of discovering him for the first time, it feels like, because I've only seen those two movies. And I now I really want to see in more of his films. But unfortunately, as as happens when people meet their heroes that they admire, they're sort of a letdown. Then, of course, you realize he's human. And the same is for Danny Kay. He got on some lists made in the 80s of most huggable people. But that is probably only the stage Danny Kay. And like most celebrities yeah. that can't catch a break from their fame, the real Danny Kay was probably not likely to give his fans hugs. Or even the time of day sometimes, depending on his mood, though. Like Sometimes he could be extremely sweet, ex- extremely generous with his fans and with people he met. His mood was variable and unpredictable. He had really high peaks and really low valleys. If he were still alive, he would probably be diagnosed with, uh, you know, depression or some other mental ailment today. Um, At the end of it, he had undeniable talent and was sought out worldwide. Royalty and aristocracy would traverse 
continents to see his shows. He didn't even know that he was going to do what he was going to do on stage ahead of time. A lot of it was improvised. As wow. he, liked. he just didn't like rehearsing very much. And, you know, he would have ideas and stuff, but he'd come out and feel out the audience. And it was audience participation was a huge part of his show. And and that's why people loved him so much is because he'd get he'd be silly on stage, make people feel comfortable. And then he'd get people in the audience to also be silly. And the Gypsy song in Inspector General is sort of an example of what he would do in his shows. Wonderful. I will give you a little beat you make for me. Zoom. All right, please, everybody. Zoom. That's very nice, but we get a little sharper, you know, more in the mask, dear Frama. Zoom. All right, please, all right. Zoom. Very nice. Now short, huh? Zoom. I like it. I like it. He would get people to start singing in groups. <laughs> and he... He wasn't merely famous, though. He was beloved, as one article put it. So let me redeem myself for talking a little smack on White Christmas by saying that I, what I love about both films, I really do like how White Christmas is just a very colorful, bright, cheerful film. It's just, it is like a Christmas card. It's very pretty to look at. And mm-hmm. by contrast, Inspector General is kind of more bland. I mean, I remember even thinking back to, when I was thinking about Inspector General and remembering it as a kid, I was like, I just think of brown. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of contrast. <laughs> but I really do love a lot of the songs and um, in White Christmas, like you were saying. And some of them are a bit long. So they're not all number one hits, but White Christmas is so great. And Count Your Blessings is a song that I just really, really love, especially during the Christmas season. But you can listen to it anytime. And sisters, like we said, will just get stuck in your head like crazy. <laughs> and actually, the I used to love that scene with Danny Kay and Bing Crosby dressing up as the sisters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Doing their um, doing it for them. And actually, it wasn't planned, I guess. Oh, <laughs> they kind of did it to mess around. Apparently, White Christmas was filmed not long after Bing Crosby lost his wife. This is a story I read, and I think it's true. He lost his wife, and he was a little bit morose during the filming of White Christmas. And Danny Kay finally got him to crack a smile by like hitting him with the fan and <laughs> and doing that on the set with him, which I Aww. think is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inspector General has my heart, though, this week. It's, I'm going to play favorites. I especially love the bribing scene for Danny Kaye's physical comedy. You know what, I, what scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and I like the gypsy dance. It's a great song. Keep an eye out for those when you watch Inspector General. Yeah, they're good ones. Yeah, I remember the scene where his head is on the platter from when we were kids. And it's still funny today. But I remember thinking it was just so hilarious and shocking as a kid. And honestly, like, it's pretty obvious how they did it, you know. Yeah. But as a kid, I remember being like, how did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I also love the co-star Elsa Lancaster as maria she's so funny 
as this desperate housewife character (laughs) and i had no idea that she was the bride of frankenstein you don't know how i yearn to live what it means to be married to a man who doesn't understand me he's a peasant a coarse uncultured pig of a man yes i was forced to marry him oh i'm an attractive woman am i not yes i'm still in the first bloom of my youth am i not yes but i'm desirable am i not yes but could any man wish for a more lovely intelligent responsive woman than i am no oh father you say the most beautiful thing she's great she's always funny well, I wanted to throw out some more film recommendations after fanning out on Danny Kay. Add some Danny Kay films to your to-see list, like I am. Inspector General wasn't actually one of his favorite films, and I won't really get into why, because I think, you know, he's being critical about himself. But um, his favorite were The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and Jester's a very popular one, too has Angela Lansbury in it. But if you don't have time for those, just watch him conduct Flight of the Bumblebee with a fly swatter. Yeah, I, I want to look that one up. I'm sure my kids would love to watch that. Yeah, and I've seen the new version of The Life of Walter Mitty, and I I didn't know that Danny Kay was the one who was in the original, so I look forward to watching that one too. Well, I hope you had fun hearing about White Christmas, Inspector General, Danny Kay, all of our feelings about <laughs> about some <laughs> of our favorite musicals. Join us next week as we talk about the original Miracle on 34th Street starring Maureen O'Hara and also another film that she did, The Quiet Man. Yeah, with John Wayne. Thanks for listening. And if you have time, give us a review, comment on instagram respond with some of your favorite films that you'd like talked about and we hope you have a good week yeah we'll see you next week